Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the podcast of a woman named Rad and a man named Paul. Welcome to Game for Anything. I'm Rad. And I'm Paul. On today's show, have video game TV shows fallen out of favor? <gasps> Probably not, because there's a new one, a fallout one. No, I got yeah. it. <laughs> and the festive season is here. No, not Christmas, silly Billy's season five of Fortnite. How depressing is that? Pretty depressing. That's right. We certainly have opinions. Something that isn't depressing, though, Paul, is I'm going to be doing a queer PowerPoint uh, a little bit later this month. I'm very excited about it. So what are you going to be talking about on your queer PowerPoint? I, I Look, I could guess, but I'd like you to tell us. I like how you just know what queer PowerPoint is. Well, you've been talking about this, like, this is a big deal for you. You're so excited about this, and I also know Yeah, what... okay, Paul, but we're making a podcast. <laughs> this isn't just you and me here, okay? Assumed knowledge There's is... an audience. <laughs> There's an audience, and you're coming in with an assumed knowledge that, quite frankly, is quite exclusionary. Yes, I'm very sorry. Although you have once told me not to <laughs> acknowledge the audience ever. It's all about you, so... <laughs> I was about to, I was about to say I was about to say no I haven't when have I ever done that and I'm like no I definitely did do that yes, you did, you did. I definitely did yeah uh well for not you because I'm I'm an inclusive person uh queer PowerPoint <laughs> is an event that's run by uh Xanthi Dobby Harriet Gillies and Tom Smith and the idea of it as they put it is it's a bunch of queers deep diving into highly niche content in a very gay way. The only rules are it has to be queer AF and they have to use Microsoft PowerPoint. That is the most you thing I've ever heard. Well, that's really kind because I didn't even invent it. I just get to do one. Oh, that's so great. I mean, did you have a bunch of stuff ready to go? Did you have a shortlist or did you know exactly what you wanted to do straight away? Well, the idea behind it really is just like pick a super niche topic yeah. and deep dive. They're always like specificity is sexy. Mm. So, there's only only a handful of things in this world I think that I have real proper deep dive specific knowledge on so the two things that I picked that I think I'm maybe the most knowledgeable about are the Bravo Apple <laughs> and and vacuum cleaners <laughs> and someone was already doing lemons so they asked me to do the vacuums. That's so funny. So how does Dyson feel knowing that it was second fiddle? <laughs> <laughs> the title of my talk is actually How to Suck, an exploration of the life-changing nature of a good vacuum. While still not intentionally being an ad for Dyson, I'm not sponsored, but I really should be. <laughs> so that will be happening on December 15th at the Seymour Center uh, on Gadigal Land here in Sydney. If you would like to come and watch me do a 10 to 12 minute presentation oh. about vacuums, you can go onto the Seymour Center website. They're like $35, $40 for an adult. So yeah, come along. I think Xanthi's reclaiming of the PowerPoint presentation as an art form that can be done at a major venue. 
is such a rock star thing to do. Have you done PowerPoint presentations before, even just business-like ones? Are you familiar with this, with the tech? Have I shown you my PowerPoint presentation about the scar that I have on my knee? So uh, basically I fell off my bike in like 2015 mm. and I got a really gnarly injury on my knee. I, I skidded a little bit um, and it, has been suggested to me that maybe I should have gotten a skin graft. And it also has been suggested to me that the infection that followed was not normal. And maybe I should have taken some kind of antibiotic or something. Didn't. Um, now I have quite a serious scar on that knee <laughs> that actually took, it took like three years to no longer be tender. Yeah, that's not ideal. I think your body was fighting off, um, I don't want to say death, but... It <laughs> Here's the thing. I noticed your scar when I was staying at your house uh, over the past week. And I said, what's that? And rather than give me any context, you just sat there, pulled up this slideshow and handed me your phone. That's what the slideshow is for, because the scar, it elicits questions. <laughs> Do you not feel like all of your questions were answered in an audio-visually delightful way? Yes, and not just about the scar, but about how you function as a human being. Like When, <laughs> when someone asks you a question about something on your body and you hand them a series of curated videos <laughs> with musical backing that says so much about your psychological profile i know you better now is what i'm trying to say uh i'm not sure what it says about me that i considered it very normal <laughs> no i i didn't think it was abnormal i thought it was charming as hell and i really do hope that when people watch you give a an ode to the dyson they come away knowing not just more about vacuums but more about rad it's true some people have called me the sommelier of suction <laughs> <laughs> it's a name that's been said. Is this a, oh, that's got to go on the poster. That's got to go on the show poster. <laughs> that's amazing. I actually forgot that I've been called that before until this moment. So I'm just going to write it down so I can put it in my PowerPoint. I was going to say three bags full of mirth, but uh, I believe it's a bagless vacuum that you prefer. Certainly, certainly. And Dyson do do some of the best in the biz, but they're not just vacuum makers. <laughs> uh, they also made the Dyson Big and Quiet, which is a big air purifier that I talked about uh, on the show mm -hmm. a couple weeks back. But Paul, I have just two very, very quick little updates that I wanted to give you. Please do. The first one is that the unit doesn't pivot. So like where it plugs in stays static in one spot. Now that sounds like it's maybe not a big deal, mm. but their fans pivot. So like the, the base part where it plugs in can point anyway, and then you can turn where the like fan po portion is pointing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one doesn't do that. It's static, like a like an old-timey TV. Like a gramophone. you only face the TV one way, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But with this thing, I want to pivot it, and I can't. It's making me mad. I saw you try and pivot it, and uh, you said, oh, I'm sure this pivots, and then I heard this weird crunching snap, and you went, nope, that's not meant to happen. <laughs> you went, I'll just put that back. You're like a chiropractor who went like 20% past the limit of where you were meant to go. I did, and thankfully, it's built fairly sturdy, so it was fine. But like... Come on, you got to make a pivot. Yeah. Uh, so that's one little thing. And the other little thing that I wanted to tell you because I thought you'd get a kick out of it. <laughs> the, other <laughs> the other day I farted on the other side of the room and it's on like an auto mode. So it the fans kicked up significantly. Hang on. Like a couple seconds after I farted. Are you telling me it that- It smelt my fart from across the room. Okay. So this is, first of all, very considerate. Um, that also means that someone at Dyson went, you know what? You know, to be funny and useful, we should program it to like turn on when someone farts. How sensitive should this be? Like across the room sensitive. And here we are reaping the benefits. Well, I don't even think they'd program it specifically for farting. They just program it for when the air quality changes. 
and my toxic little butt came in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. I don't don't even think the fart was that bad, quite honestly. I couldn't smell it. Sure, sure, the The Dyson Dyson could. The Dyson Dyson could sense it. Here's what I like. The fact that if Boatmeal's wandering around when you're not there at home, look, the fact is Boatmeal is a very hygienic little doggy. Boatmeal's great. Boatmeal doesn't do stinkers as far as I as far as I've witnessed, but maybe maybe Boatmeal cuts sick when you're away, and the Dyson's just like, oh my god, not again. Maybe that's why it couldn't turn. It's so tight. <laughs> if he did fart, I'm sure it would smell like cinnamon pancakes, just like the rest of him. That's very true. That's very true. And now I want pancakes, and I don't know why. Paul wants to eat fart pancakes. That's disgusting. <laughs> Pass it on. But anyway, Fortnite, more like fart night. No, oh. we're talking about Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I was Look, sometimes you just don't know where the in is and sometimes the in is through that little out. Uh, Rad, I have something... <laughs> something to, Rad, I have something very, yeah. very somber to confess to you right now and I haven't told you I'm going to tell you this on the show, but uh, I went and I added up all the money I've spent oh my God. on skins on Fortnite. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you going to reveal the real true number? Well, here's the thing. I mean, last episode, as listeners will recall, I bleeped all the all the numbers I was I was throwing up and they were all fake numbers. And even then I was ashamed. And do I tell you? Should I tell you? Should I tell Should I? Yes. Uh, yes. You can't not now. The I- curiosity is too strong. Even if I didn't care, which I would say I care a medium amount. Yeah. Uh, but the, just the curiosity makes me need to know. I just don't want you to think less of me. It's really going to come down to the number, isn't it? We better get it out of the way. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm like, that's on you, dog. That's really up to me. Okay, so I have spent. Shit, I'm going to watch your face very closely. I have spent $1,003 on Fortnite skins. Paul. No. Oh, okay, uh, over how long? That's the bit I didn't want to tell you. So, oh my God. This is really bad. When I talk about, why am I dicking around? Uh, since mid 2022. Since mid 2022. Yeah. So it's been yeah like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy. I know. Hey, hey, bud. I know. I just feel like perhaps. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. It's it's bad, right? Yeah, that's no good. It, that's. That's well on its way to being... A problem. Okay, no, wait. Let me calculate how much a coffee a day costs. Oh, God, please do. Hang on. So let's say a coffee is conservatively five bucks, right? Yeah, $5 a day. So you're getting one five days a week when you go into the office, quote unquote. That's not a thing. But then you times that by the number of weeks there are in a year, Mm -hmm. of which there are 52. Well done. That's $1,300. So your skin's habit (sighs) is roughly the same as a coffee a day habit. So either I quit coffee or I quit skins. (laughs) (laughs) Look, okay. It's, it, I guess I can't judge. Like if you derive that much joy out of them, then, but also it's a digital aesthetic asset for a game you could be playing for free. That's true. I will, if I'm perfectly honest, I think about half of those purchases were actually ones I really wanted. Half. Right now, then there's another like 25, 30% where I, you know, I kind of wanted it, but also the, the other stuff is like the season passes. The season pass, I think as far for me is like a mandatory thing because the season pass gives you an actual value proposition. It gives you, there's quests and there's content and there's unlocks. And that's the, that's the stuff I like. I like that part. And the season pass, I think costs, 
I don't know, 30 something bucks or whatever. But I think maybe I need help. But also I would suggest that if you, sir or madam, sitting at home are sitting there on your little judgy throne, think about how much coffee you drink and maybe let's still just reserve our judgment for this. <laughs> no, I have no moral high ground here. None. I have no moral high ground either. The stuff that I've spent money on, the amount of protein powder that I bought <laughs> during the Black Friday sale. Yes, I did see for that. For one single human. Yes, it was a lot. It was a lot. And we all need to spend money to um to quiet the sound of the scratching at our door that the wolf of oblivion will not let up. I mean, look, life gets real and sometimes you need skin. You need skin in the game. Skin's in the game. Paul, you promised me that you were going to tell me something exciting about Fortnite, and I swear to God, if literally you wanted to talk about it just to tell me how much you spent on skins, there's got to be more. Didn't they do, like, a new Lego update? They did so much stuff. So uh, the new season, it's here and it's huge. Uh, so I play, like, a medium amount of Fortnite. I mostly play it with you and another friend mm. just as a social thing. Both you and him are, like, Fortnite fanatics. You play a lot. Mm. Now, I'm aware that recently they did a thing where they went back to the original map of Fortnite and they kind of slowly added the new stuff that was added back in the day in a kind of condensed timeline. Yeah. And the last time we played, there was the big meteor flying through the sky and I remember a couple of years ago that was a really big thing and like the world exploded and a new map was revealed and it was like a huge event. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah. Has the meteor hit and that started off this new season? So there's been a huge, huge event, which is, yeah, basically start of the season. It was, I think, 15, 20 minutes long. So you'd queue up in the server and witness the end and rebirth of the world. I missed the Eminem concert. Uh, and you know what? I'm kind of fine with that. But now we've got season five underway and season five is it's it's so big and it's not just a new season. It's also three entirely new game modes added to the game. And the first is an open world survival mode and it's a Lego mode. And speaking of skins, most of the skins in the game have Lego versions. So if you log into your wardrobe, you will see your hard earned cash. So if anything, Rad, I've doubled my investment. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's not what it means. Oh my God. Although, let's be honest. An investment has to be able to pay out. That's true. Unless one day I can, oh, I could talk to some Russian hackers and sell my account. No, I can't. I absolutely cannot do that. But here's the thing about Lego. Lego is also a property which has people spending huge amounts of money on a seemingly useless licensed product rendition, right? I mean, the amount of Lego I have in my office is frankly embarrassing and I'm glad this camera won't pivot. But the Lego mode is it's an open world survival game. And I actually like open world survival games. Would you give this a crack? It sounds like it's being Minecraft. A little bit. Yeah. It's a cooperative Lego based survival Minecraft. And it's also a really clever way of kind of ramping in younger players as well. I think that's kind of the main play that Fortnite are making at the moment. I've kind of heard it be said that they are potentially trying to become like the new Roblox, but higher end and obviously all owned by Epic so that they can make those cash money dollar dollars. Yeah, it's a interesting power grab. Power grab's the wrong word. No, maybe it is a power is grab. It? I think it might be. It might be. It's not just that. So they're trying to grab that genre, right? And they're grabbing Lego. Lego is a huge... I assumed there was talk of Lego and I thought, well, maybe there's going to be an in-game thing where you can throw Lego bricks and... Players run on them and stop to say, ouch, and you shoot them in the face. But actually, it's a fully blown game within the game. But they're also basically taking uh, Rocket League. So they're doing a Rocket League style racing mode called Rocket Racing, which is being developed by Psyonix. And it's an arcade racer. It's got drifting. It's got all kinds of stuff. 
But they've put Rocket League cars in the game before, so they're sort of glomming it all in. Is Psionics the, the developers of Rocket League? Yes. It's a merger, I believe is what you would call it. Fortnite has become the Kirby of games. They just swallow up other games and like put its hat on. Kirby is, uh, yes, Kirby is a perfect metaphor. And they've also sucked up a uh, rock band, basically. So they're doing a thing called Fortnite Festival, which is a rock band style game where you actually go into the game and you play songs uh, by different artists. And I think they're kicking off with The Weeknd. So he's kicking off the first season. Wait, of this play game. songs like a rhythm game? Yeah, but guess what? It's being developed by Harmonix, who make Rock Band. Oh my god, my Kirby analogy was more spot on than I thought. It's absolutely spot on. They are. I mean, and here's the thing: in uh, Super Smash Brothers, remember when Nintendo grabbed Sonic and you went, "That's a weird yeah. fit." It's it feels like Epic is just hoovering up various games, and you know what's really nice. I, I like these games, but what happens to the player bases of the games outside the Kirby body? Well, that's the problem with Monopolies, isn't it? That's, I, I feel like that is precisely what Epic are going for. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If they could, I'm sure they would make a slightly Fortnite-ish version of basically every successful genre of games and just bring everyone onto their platform. Yeah. That's... it. When when you're in the business of business, Paul, you're not looking <laughs> to further the artistic integrity of the entire world. You're looking to make your dollars. And because Fortnite is thematically a story story, it's a game. Ab it's a game about every single property. It's a person. game for anything. It's a game for anything. This podcast now exists canonically within the world of... Can you imagine if you were switching through radio stations in your Bugatti or whatever as you cruise through the world and suddenly this podcast comes on? I would like to think that they would go find a nice little hill to park on mm -hmm. and sit and listen to the podcast. Just like back in the old days where you'd go sit on a hill and listen to a podcast yeah but sit around the picture wireless with the family do something goddamn wholesome it'd be really interesting well here's the thing you may not actually need to do it in cars because the game is going to have trains now there's an actual metro system being integrated into you look so happy are you a train guy um okay i'm not a train guy yeah i have i have had those experiences of deep delight at an exciting train <laughs> But I don't know anything about them, yes, or uh, like follow them. But I, I look, I'll squeal at a steam train. I'm only human. Oh, you know what? Forget trains because the fact is, it's Fortnite and it's a game about shooting, and you're probably just going to rob them anyway. And actually, a train robbery would be a great idea for a Fortnite activity. If the trains don't have the ability to be skinned as Thomas the Tank Engine, I don't want to hear about it. Actually, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that is the next Kirby-esque collaboration that Fortnite have in the works. Bro, imagine being Thomas the Tank Engine and just having a monopoly on trains. Like, people just think trains in general, and your brand is on that. I don't, I don't know that there's anything else in the world like that, that you're just like, trains. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. But if you go to England and you see trains, there are different competing train lines. I wonder if there is... Are there normal trains in the mix? 
with Thomas the Tank Engine trains? Or is every train in Britain anthropomorphic in that universe? They're all anthropomorphic. It'd be so weird to have a quote-unquote normal, a dead train. You want to push a corpse around those train lines? No, it wouldn't be like a That's dead train. That's actually what you're saying. No, it'd be, like a, it'd be like walking around in society and half of the people don't have heads, basically. The only thing that makes a Thomas the Tank Engine train and like anthropomorphic is the big face that's stamped on the front of it, right? It's not the only thing. They have personalities, Paul. Yeah, but it's all stored in the face. They communicate. It's all in the face. So, so what, people are just a face to you? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> It's the whole situation. It's the whole situation. Yeah. What makes a person a person? Where is the soul housed? What makes us alive? Is it, <laughs> is it, I mean, look, if I was... The soul of the trains in Thomas the Tank Engine house their souls exclusively in the face. And is the fat controller the person who actually helps them pass on? Is he like the arbiter of souls? <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I hate this. You know what I don't hate, though? All the other wonderful features in Season 5 of Fortnite. Actually, right back to the skins. One of the complaints about Fortnite is that it's super cringe watching prestige characters next to, let's say, Rick and Morty as they floss and, you know, a Dua Lipa song plays. The weird mishmash of nostalgia and tackiness is... It really chafes. I mean, do you feel like there's a weird genre mashup for you that you don't doesn't work? I feel, I feel like that's the entire point of Fortnite, no? Like... That was the goal to begin with, just a scattershot of pop culture reference silliness. It's What do you mean prestige skins? They're all silly. Uh, that's true. There's no Jean-Paul Sartre it's, skin. It's not like you've got President <laughs> Obama in there. Uh, hey, let's let's not assume that that's not going to happen because the fact is he's moving <laughs> to podcasting. He's clearly trying to reach out to a younger audience. I, I don't think there's any any cultural figure who wouldn't have a skin in Fortnite at this point. The Like you said, the Kirby analogy works. They're just hoovering up every franchise imaginable. In fact, the banner skin for the new season pass is Peter Griffin from Family Guy, but he's super swole. And it's pretty stupid. He's a world boss as well. He's wearing this gold suit. And when you kill him, he gets down and grabs his knee and starts doing that thing. You know, that thing from the show where he's like, ah, watching streamers react loudly that that's the reference they get and actually get killed whilst they react in real time. Feels like the the top of a roller coaster culturally where it's all downhill from here and they've got solid snake from metal gear solid in the mix and there's i mean where do you end with these franchise crossovers what what is too sacred for fortnite for some reason my mind instinctively went to margaret thatcher <laughs> well <laughs> just as, but I, I don't think it was like a sacred thing i think it was just like what would be really like out of pocket to yeah. be in Fortnite. Yeah. Would okay, so they did the crown and the crown is finishing up pretty soon. I mean, if you worked in licensed the crown skins, it's going to be a little bit dicey, but I mean, Gillian <laughs> Anderson's Margaret Thatcher, pretty hot. Okay, Paul, we can all appreciate a hot Gillian Anderson, but I don't think that Fortnite is trying to curby up the porn industry. <laughs> so just call you Jets, right? <laughs> Hang on. She's not, gonna... she's not there for your eye candy pleasure. <laughs> If I was going to pick a Gillian Anderson, I'm not going with her Margaret Thatcher. Okay, really, that's not my, that's not my, that's the, 
<laughs> Although consider, actually, yeah. I'm kind of I'm I'm backtracking on my own uh my own kind of telling you off because Gillian Anderson running around with a gun, all right, I can get behind it. Yeah, I think Margaret Thatcher was very um I think she started a war on the Falkland Islands. It'd be nice to see her put her money where her mouth is, especially if that money is V-Bucks. <laughs> Look, that is such a niche entry. There are so many figures in history and politics who I think don't belong in the game. But if Netflix is gonna jump on board and start putting in characters from their prestige dramas, just just do that chess. What was that chess one with Anna Taylor Joy? It was um Oh, um, Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit, yeah, because then they can get chess. Let's be honest, they're moving towards board games anyway. Do chess. Ah. Yeah? Yeah. Yep, I want a mid-2020s battle chess remake that's that's got all the characters all decked out and you move them and then they shoot. Once I make my move, then you're free to check the king. No. Ron, no! Well, speaking of Netflix and TV shows... I have written down here Fallout TV show, which is something that Paul was going to tell me about. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, look, okay. So Amazon is making a lot of really, really expensive high concept stuff now, but it's pretty much all their biggest hits are licensed and they're doing a TV show based on Fallout. Are you a Fallout fan at all? I've only played four. I really, really liked it. I played the entire thing. I played the DLC, but I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the story of it. So it's pretty much the same story every time. You know, it's set in a nuclear wasteland where there was a terrible disaster that beset the earth. But before that, a bunch of very rich people thought we'll build these vaults and fill them with, you know, the cream of the crop, the best people we have and lock them away. And then when, when everything settles down, generations later, the descendants of these perfect people will emerge into this pristine planet. But what Fallout says is actually... Some people survived and some of them have three heads and are very angry. So what happens when the clean people interact with the dirty people, so to speak? That's very interesting because that is not what I thought the story of Fallout was. Oh, God, what did you think it was? I thought, yeah, there was like a nuclear war coming. They had these vaults made to protect people. Yeah. Um, and it literally just it was people that went into them, normal everyday people, um, and they thought that everyone else would get wiped out or... They're just people that were like conscientious objectors or they didn't make it to vaults in time. Yeah. I thought the vaults were for everyone. And then, yeah, like however many years later, they open back out when the earth is safe enough to re-enter. Yeah. And then it's just the story of one of these, as they say, vault dwellers uh, going back out into into the open world. That's kind of the, that. look, that's the pitch. But what you find out through the tenure of these different games by sorting through, you know, historical records and whatnot is that it was it was late stage capitalism. And so not only were they filled with typically rich people, but some of the vaults were experiments being carried out by a company. I think one of them was full of clones of a guy called Dave. And so you get there and they're all like, Dave, Dave, Dave. And there's like hundreds of Daves. One was filled with experimental plants that gradually started to eat people. Some of them had weird psychosexual drugs pumped into the air conditioning. So it was like a breeding experiment. So yeah, there were the nice blast from the past Brendan Fraser normie vaults. And then there were the hectic ones. That sounds super interesting. Yeah. I know I've played the game. I know I've played it for hours, but yeah. I didn't pick up on any of that. That sounds great. This TV show sounds like it's going to be great. The TV show, look, if the TV show does that, right, if it goes high concept, that's going to be super cool because it does actually follow a character as they leave the safety of the vault, right? The vault, because I think there's a certain implication that you could have probably left earlier in some of these vaults. Yeah. Like it seemed, I mean, in four from what I remember, which mm. is apparently not much, uh, it seemed like... <laughs> 
the vault was already empty and for some reason you're kind of like getting out last. Yeah, there's always people who have trouble leaving home, Rad. You know, there's always people who stay at home a few years too long or a few centuries in this case. <laughs> yeah, I think the show is going to be set several centuries after the disaster and it's going to follow one of these vault dwellers as they leave, wander out into the world. I'm assuming there's going to be a degree of naivety and I assume based on the cast reveals and the photos and whatnot, I think she's going to sort of gather around her a small crew of people who've been out there in the world in this weird photocopy of a photocopy of the old world. You know where it's been so long since vending machines exist that they get worshipped as gods. I think that's going to be really fun. And that also lends itself to the fact that in the game, you get companions, someone walks around with you. So I think it has a good chance of feeling like the game, which I, I think is really, really nice. However, I will say, I don't think it's going to feel like how I play the game because Fallout 4 in particular, the one I played, yeah. had a lot of kind of customization sort of stuff. You could build your base and your house and everything. Mm. Um, and I realized, Paul, that that is a tool for most people to use as a way of kind of furthering story that people build their little houses to feel as though they really live in the world and they create, like you like to say, a light story, yeah. for example. Or yeah. they, they leave little things around to be like, oh, yeah, this would be my desk where I would have my little magazine and my uh, glass of orange juice. Perhaps I would read the paper here while I look out over the wasteland. Yeah. I'm guessing you did not uh, create such a subtle tapestry of additions to your game. My base was literally turrets. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's a look. There's a video of this online, actually. Back in whatever year it was, I was working on Good Game mm. uh, with the ABC, and they did a MTV Cribs style <laughs> showing off yeah. like two different bases. Yeah. They asked me to do it because I'd been playing the game a heap. And I was like, oh, okay, like I don't really understand. I don't really get this because there's nothing to show off in these bases. Yeah. But like, you want me to do it? Sure. I went and recorded the piece and there was like laughter and stuff and I didn't really understand until afterwards I saw the cut and I saw what the other guy put together and he was like yeah like this is my beautiful house I've made it three stories tall this is the veranda where you can look out over everything yeah uh this is where I've put a little lawn chair and mine was literally walking around going here's a turret here's a turret pointing in the other direction here is the mandatory sleeping mat that you have to put so that you can set it as your base. It is a single mattress in a stairwell. <laughs> Here's another turret. Yeah. Oh, that's that's Grand Designs gone absolutely haywire. Can you imagine Kevin McLeod walking in and going, oh, uh, it's um It's good for you. Like, there's no real way to kind of comment positively <laughs> about the guy. Okay. Well, so do you have to organize kind of wires and power and stuff or was it purely an aesthetic what i'm asking is did all these turrets work or were they all just for show no they all worked they were literally just there to protect the base because in my mind that's the point of building a base to have a safe spot yeah but what were you protecting the mattress <laughs> like you weren't protecting your stuff you didn't it have any like stuff <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> <laughs> the turrets were only there to protect the other turrets right <laughs> like that's it. Well, yeah, you gotta you gotta position them so that they can cover each other. Right. It okay. was protecting a, a big fenced-in yard with a oh. with a stairwell with a sleeping mat. In. Look, yes, when you put it like that, it is some perspective, and I do think that it does speak to potentially some issues in my personal mentality about how to approach life. I don't know. Oh my but god! 
Oh my god, I would love it. I would love it if Amazon heard this and went, you know, we haven't finished all the CG yet. Let's just put it in the background somewhere. Just Rad's <laughs> turret mess of a house. I really respect that uh, that design aesthetic. I think it's brutalist. I think it's good. I think in order to hew closer to the Bethesda realism we've all come close to, I'd like to see a multi-million dollar budget show where you have two characters monologuing at like a crucial moment of character development. It's dead quiet. And then out of nowhere, a death claw just rips through shot and just yeets one of them out of shot. <laughs> Because three scenes ago, one of those characters aggroed the death claw. I think if they went jank, the show could be a really great commentary on video game development, but it's obviously, obviously not going to do that. I think it's the magic of TV shows based on video games that they're not necessarily really fully just for people that play games. It's mm. like a bit of an in, it's a bit of... Um, brand recognition but i think the magic of them is that it almost can bring people to games because they go hey this is a cool story i'd like a like to see a little bit more of it which is what i do but in reverse where i play like three hours of a game and i go this is cool but i can't be bothered to play it man wouldn't it be nice to watch a well shot well acted version of this story where i don't have to make decisions that's a great way of looking at it and speaking of three hours if we don't finish this podcast we're going to talk for three more hours so that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Game for Anything. Good God, it's been fun hanging out with all of you and with you, Rad. And we will see you all later this week, I, I assume, unless something very bad Fallout style happens, in which case we've got our vault prepped. And we'll see you soon for more Game for Anything. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.